All right. Welcome back to the Fitness Retention Podcast. I would like to welcome Haley Edwards of Anytime Fitness in Australia. What's up, Haley? Hi, Alex. How are you? Thanks for having me. Of course. I am, uh, I am good. How are you? I am very good on this early Wednesday morning. <laughs> what time is it for you? It's about 7, 10 a.m. So right. nice already, and early. You told me before we started, you've already been training people. Yeah, well, I actually train myself. I train with my partner. We got up at about 5.30 this morning and, um, yeah, we've got this little circuit sorted out. So I just finished that and got on the, got on the phone to you. Lovely. Um, is that a normal wake-up time for you? Yeah, I love early mornings, especially in summer over here in Western Australia. It's bright from about 5 o'clock in the morning. It's, the sun's out. It's just beautiful. That's the best time to train. Yeah, I think... I get like half of my really meaningful personal work done before like 7 a.m. Absolutely. And it just feels Absolutely. <laughs> it sets you up for the rest of the day. <laughs> yeah, totally. Um, so waking up early aside, um, can you give a little bit of an intro to the listeners about you and how you came to the position that you're in now um, at any time? Yeah, so um, I moved to Western Australia in about 2011 from Melbourne, Victoria, um, and I was a paramedic in Melbourne um, and moved over to Western Australia and decided to start. I've always been interested in franchising and business and started my first uh, Anytime Fitness Gym in 2012. Hmm. Um, had a look at a lot of different um, business models, um, yeah, and this just seemed to fit. It was an American um, franchise that had really, really impressive growth over in the States. Mm -hmm. And we were sort of, uh, I think, the one of the first sort of people to come on board here in Australia. So it's been um, really, it's had some really good growth. I think there's nearly 500 clubs open in Australia now. And I think we were 100 or something when we started in Australia, Midvale was. So it's had, it's had really good growth. That's incredible. Yeah, I think we just won uh, Anytime Fitness Australia, just won franchise, uh, business franchise of the year again, I think like four years in a row um, from Forbes magazine. So, uh, yeah, it's pretty pretty good thing to be a part of. <laughs> um, why did why did Anytime's model appear like appeal to you? I've always wanted to run a business where I did not have to be in there every single day. Um, I have two small children. So, so trying to set something up where I could say manage it from home or only be in there a few days a week was really appealing to me. Um, yeah, I didn't want to do the 12, 14 hour days and not know who my kids were. So that was very, very, um, yeah, that was a draw card, a big draw card. You mentioned that um, that was your first club. Do you now have more? Yes, I have one more opened two years ago. So and that's in Baldivis. Um, that the reason we opened one in Baldivis was it was um, earmarked as one of the one of the fastest growing suburbs in Western Australia um, with the most growth. So we thought that would be a great place to open a gym. But so did everyone else. <laughs> <laughs> so assuming <laughs> there are, are challenges. Um, with opening your first and then opening subsequent locations after that. And this is something that I've talked to with a couple guests, but 
what were the challenges with the first gym? And then talk to me about kind of like the, the differentiation between first, second, and then maybe if there are going to be more, um, what challenges you face personally? Personally, so once, once our first gym was up and running, uh, we had fantastic managers who put a lot of time into our managers. I was in there probably two or three days a week. Um, and we really heavily relied on um, one amazing staff member that we had. Um, when, when we were opening our second gym, um, she decided to leave, <laughs> as, as everything always seems to happen at the same time. Um, so that sort of stability that I had in the first club, which I really relied on, I wish I had paid her more money now, in hindsight. <laughs> um, but um, opening that second gym, um, and then she left, which I fully support. She, she's amazing, and she's gone on and done amazing things. But um, ha- not having that backup system or backup plan to... I have a plan B. So I think in this business model, especially relying on your manager, um, just the one person, I think it's really important to always have an assistant or have someone else in the gym that is fully trained that can basically step up into that role straight away. Um, instead of I was always relying just on that one person. And if they left, then I basically have to start from scratch, training everyone, how to use the, the systems. And it's a, it's a month process. So then you lose a month of work, a month of leads, a month of sales. Hmm. And, and that was different than the first location you said, right? Yes. Yes. Not only was it different because I wasn't able, I suppose, to give as much um, attention, but more that the climate changed over here as well. So um, there were a lot more gyms opening, a lot more competition. Um, people were paying, you know, that, that saying, paying... Um, peanuts you get monkeys type type saying um so that that was sort of where we were at we're opening up the gym so the our funds weren't um we didn't have a lot of funds we were pretty tight so we couldn't really pay someone to come in new and sort of look after one one side and focus on the other so it was sort of just like being torn i suppose i'd definitely do it different next time so what do you do in that situation what what do you how do you dig yourself out of that quote unquote whole so basically what we did was um we had a very high turnover in many of managers in a very short amount of time for our first location uh-huh. um basically just treading water and i think most of them left because they just didn't have the support um i was focused on opening the other gym which obviously opening a gym you're working 70 80 hours a week mm-hmm. um it's it's full on your head spinning um how I di- I was very lucky actually. I was very lucky that I had uh, we had a pretty good membership base. So mm-hmm. our membership base at Midvale, we've had people that have been there since day one. So we've got a really solid like foundation of members um, that had been there and obviously going through that transition. Um, yeah, we, we sort of lost people that weren't committed to health and fitness, which is going to happen anyway. But everyone else stuck around, which was great, and we ended up finding. Um, after probably five or six managers, we, we ended up flying an absolute gun um, and we decided to pay a higher salary and also um, more incentives, like more KPI incentives. And also we've just introduced uh, um, a profit share, a little carrot to dangle. <laughs> so, yeah, so we decided that to keep 
when we find good staff now, we've actually got to incent incentivize them, if that's even a word, um, to to stay because we just it, they are so important. If they leave, our business falls apart pretty much. And so that's actually the reason that I found you on LinkedIn was you were connected to someone else that I was connected to. I'm not sure who it was, but you made a okay. video about the importance of staff. And I think it was actually because maybe one of your staff was leaving and like starting a gym or had a really good opportunity. Yes. Don't check me on that because I may be wrong. But yeah, what, yeah. Out, what stuck out was how genuine you were about um about the development and keeping of staff. And I'm assuming that it's partially because of what you went through in, in opening that location. Is that right? Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think the, the most important thing is when you're hiring someone and you have a manager, I would never want to hire someone that just wants to be a manager for the next 30 years of their life. <laughs> that, that means they've got no ambition. They've got no drive. They've got no spark. They've got no, you know, they've got no passion. Um, I want to hire people that want to open their own gyms and learn more and better themselves and sort of use it as a stepping stone, but at the same time, create an environment where they actually don't want to leave. So, you know, mm -hmm. even putting, putting them through courses, um, going to motivational cinema, seminars, sorry, which we did last week. It's the first mm -hmm. one I've actually organised and taken staff along to. Um, and I really want to try and do that at least once every quarter uh, and, and it's not, it's good for us all, like a bit of a team building bonding, bonding exercise as well. Hmm. So, um, what is that, what is that effect? What can you see in terms of the effects on the member when some employees leave or when there's an unnaturally high turnover, like you quoted a, a couple minutes ago? Yeah, it has a major effect. So especially now nowadays with social media, um, because ultimately it's a really bad reflection on me and and the upper upper management. So um, people commenting on social media, what another manager? What happened? What happened? And ultimately, it's because they didn't get the support. Um, that's why they're leaving. They couldn't couldn't see. They they probably thought honestly, I didn't care. <laughs> <laughs> because I was so focused on the other gym. Um, yeah, so I definitely do things um, next time. Sorry, what was your question? I've totally gotten sidetracked there. <laughs> uh, what the effect on the member is. Uh, uh, on the member. I turn over. Yeah, so it's, it's that instability. It's instability. So not, not walking into the gym one day, um, not knowing who the new manager is, not liking who the new manager is, the manager not knowing the answer to something that they asked asked a previous manager three weeks ago. Mm. So they're just starting from scratch. It's all new. And especially when our previous manager was in the role for, she'd worked with, with us for like two and a half, three years. So she was getting invited to people's weddings from the gym. <laughs> so she was, she, she was part of the family. So when she left, that was a massive, massive um, hole, I suppose. And then we just filled it with, whoever was applying without really too much thought into who we were hiring because we just needed someone to man it. Mm. Um, and then that sort of had a follow-on effect um, from, our, from our members. Yeah, it's just that instability and them thinking ultimately that we don't care, we're just putting anyone in that position. Yeah. And, that, and I mean, if we just look at like the psychology, like the member psychology, which is kind of what I base a lot of my business on, is... Yeah understanding how people's relationship with purchasing decisions 
Yes, absolutely. Make, absolutely. It makes them question their decision about how they feel about the brand. Absolutely. 100%. So people would come in and speak to our old manager. They'd go out, socialize. Um, she was also a photographer. So she, I, I know she'd gone to um, previous um, like members weddings and been their photographer. And there was just really awesome culture that she created. Mm-hmm. So now, now we, we've got a great manager now uh, who we're very blessed with and we've just got to try and keep her motivated and, um, yeah, yeah, try and keep her in the business. So trying to do as much as we can. So I think, and I mean, I haven't even asked you any of the questions that I sent over beforehand, but <laughs> this is super interesting to me because not a lot of people, like it's, it's easy to pass the blame onto the person who left the job, yes. but you are assuming the blame. Yes, absolutely. They left for a reason. <laughs> <laughs> they, they didn't. They didn't leave because they loved the job and they loved their boss. They they left for a reason. And and if you, you you're hiring someone, um, I, I've learned that if you wouldn't go out for dinner with them, don't hire them. If if they have no ambition or they're going to be happy in that role, you know. When I ask them in interviews, you know, what's your five goal? What, what's your five year plan? What's your ten year plan? Do you have any major goals? I want to hear. I want to open my own gym. I'm using this to learn as much as possible, blah, blah, blah. I love that. Mm-hmm. I absolutely love that. Um, and I think that's healthy. I think it's really healthy to hire people like that. Hmm. Um, not, I want to stay in this role for the next 30 years of my life. It's not very inspiring to me. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> so how did your people, I mean, let's, let's say X number of employees left in a short period of time. You either react negatively to that or positively to that. So what can you take out of the experience? Cause it sounds like right now you're, you've taken it positively. What do you take out of that experience aside from what you've told us and how do you, how does that help you grow as the owner? So basically what I have learned is I really need time management, better time management skills <laughs> and I need to sharpen up sort of my stuff onboarding, um, staff onboarding basically I'm just throwing people I was throwing people into the role getting them to do some training online on YouTube clips and expecting them to know everything and not actually instilling the culture um, in them and the only way they're going to get that is really by hanging out with us and hanging out and going to trainings together and learning what we're about um, and how how I actually really believe in not just any time fitness brand, but in health and fitness and how much it can do for people. Mm-hmm. Um, so ultimately when you come full circle, you actually have to believe um, in what you're doing and that flows, that flows down. Um, I've, if, if, I, if I owned a fast, fast food chain, for example, like McDonald's or, or something like that, I think I would personally find it very hard to motivate staff to sell hamburgers, to reach KPIs because I don't, I actually don't believe believe in it. Yeah. So finding basically being passionate about it yourself, acting, living, and breathing it, and sort of becoming a leader as such, mm-hmm. um, is that, that that that's what the staff want. That's what the staff want. They don't they don't want a an owner that rings once a day or rings once a week and just goes, "Why haven't you reached the sales this month?" 
um, that aren't really engaged in, in the day-to-day running of the business. Mm-hmm. So that's sort of what I'm being when I'm not engaged, which has happened a lot throughout the last few years, um, that the gym's fallen over. It's the, where the sales have gone backwards, the, the staff aren't happy. So it's really up to the owner to be engaged all the time, which is hard. <laughs> yeah, for sure it's hard. And I mean, you need to obviously take time for yourself, but you have yes. so many people depending on you. Yes, That's exactly. <laughs> yeah, it is. It is tough. It is uh, tough, but you know, it's not meant to be easy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. So kind of streaming into the questions that I had sent over, or at least some of the big ones, what do you think is something Haley that every gym can do starting tomorrow to save time? Save time. Training your staff properly when they basically first start. So maybe maybe setting some um, ethos around the gym as well, like some uh, what you stand for as a gym, trying to instill that from day one, I think rather than employing people, training on the go and then having these epiphanies of we've got to do, you know, create culture uh, and that's already three months down the track mm-hmm. when, after they've started. I think starting that from day one sort of having an onboarding induction process for staff. They have to do um, X amount of shadowing or X amount of work with you in the gym, um, trying to create that from the very, from day dot, what you expect, your expectations, um, which I am still working on and trying to improve. Hmm. Um, I've I've hired a lot of people um, and they sort of get into their own rhythm and routine. And then six months later, I'm trying to install the culture and trying to install the, um, the passion where I should have been doing that from day one when they started. Yeah, what, what I've observed in some of the gyms that I've worked with is that if you don't do that, the staff oftentimes will kind of by osmosis pick up negative habits or negative symptoms. And... 100%. It's just, I mean, like, even like for your position, like that's something that you are probably starting an interview with, right? Is like the culture that you are looking for. Absolutely. And one thing that I have learned um, is I always used to uh, have a belief that I really needed to separate my uh, business and my sort of friendship there's definitely got to be a line there between employee and myself Mm -hmm. but what I have learned that you actually in the I I really believe in the gym industry itself and with your staff in the gym industry you sort of do have to cross that line Mm -hmm. um, and you have to get your staff invested and emotionally attached to you and the brand. Um, if you've just got that black line where you're here and I'm there, that's where I believe that sometimes the the disconnect is. Mm-hmm. Um, and I actually learned that from Chuck Runyon um, mm. just recently um, about people, purpose, profits and play. Um, mm. We're definitely not doing enough play. <laughs> and now that we're starting to do that, I really notice. like I just got invited to one of my staff members' birthdays. That's first time that's ever happened in seven years I've been invited to a staff member's birthday and I'm like oh my god this is actually working they actually like me now (laughs) yeah yeah yeah. and um you know I've always find that really that 
uh, line quite tricky to manage, yeah. I suppose. Yeah. But I think it's important to have that. Yeah, I totally agree. Um, mm. So how about, how about same question, Haley, but with what, what's something every gym can do starting tomorrow to have the long-term effect of making more money or increasing revenue? Increasing revenue would be retention. Okay. Working on retention. Um, obviously, the more members you get, the, you want them to stay. Um, the same thing, we're going to be introducing in 2019 a, um, a sort of a rewards program that we're hoping will work with retention and trying to get members to stay. It's sort of like a fly-by's point system. So the more people, the more that people use the gym, the cheaper their membership is. So we're still trying to work out the logistics of it, um, how, how it's all going to work. But that overall, that's what we're going to try. Rewarding the people that are using your gym often, rewarding the people that are, um, yeah, your, your number one basically um, users and celebrating them and even using them as advocates. So what we've done in the past is, um, when you have your gyms, you always have that probably top five to 10 people that are always using the gym. They're always going to use the gym. They're never going to leave. Yep. Um, actually using those people as advocates to advertise on social media for you, giving them a discounted membership um, for doing posts on social media um, and, and basically representing your brand, getting them kitted up in all the Anytime Fitness gear and walking around the local streets and going shopping and and that 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 kind of stuff I think works really well. Um, instead of just sales, 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 people yeah. will see that and people will want to be a part of that. And I think that comes full circle and it will, will end up increasing the walkthroughs through your door. Yeah, you know what's funny is um, I'm a big advocate of salespeople introducing potential members to I, I would call them like hyper users or like hyperactive users people that are there every day so you know like the sales almost it's almost staged but having the salesperson come up to let's say their name is john and say um this is one of our members john here he's here all the time yada 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 and then have john be like oh hey so and so like it's so nice to see a new face in the gym or you know like something cheesy it like yeah. they make it personal, but I think your members sell your services and your products a lot better than your salespeople. Hundred percent, one hundred percent, and I, I love that. And we actually in our staff meeting last week, we actually talked about that as well. Actually, having um, some of the members um, be the ad, like in the gym, like like a buddy buddy system almost. Um, just you know, if you have any problems and there's no staff here, go and see you know Ben or whoever. And um, they can show you around or, or give you some tips. And I think that 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 creating that culture where they're not fully reliant on the staff either, because obviously in a business model where it's not staff 24 hours a day, um, mm -hmm. I think it's really important to have those those people. I love that idea. I'm going to take it back. <laughs> I would ask for permission for those members and put their put their picture up on the wall. Yeah, that's a great idea. Great idea. You can I'm have that. Do that today. Thank you. <laughs> I love it. I love it. <laughs> Go for it. That's yours. Thank you. Uh, that's my thank you for uh, coming on the podcast. <laughs> um, okay. So um, what are you, what are you for in the business of fitness, Ailey? What am I in, in the business of fitness? What, what are well, you? This for? is probably yeah. what, what I'm, I'm 
for the people. <laughs> I'm for, I've, I've been in dark places in my life. I have been through a lot of adversity. My, what has got me out is health and fitness. Mm-hmm. And I believe fully in people taking care of themselves and um, taking pride in who they are and being fit and healthy um, can change so much in your life. And as, as cheesy as that probably sounds, I actually believe it's the cure for so many issues in your life. If you are strong and you are confident, um, that's what you will attract in your life and your life will improve to be a better partner, better mum, better dad, uh, better friend. Um, so it's, it's really about mental health for me as well, how important that is. Um, what I love the most is seeing people come into the gym. I, I worked in um, the gym quite a lot um, last year and what I loved, people coming in, joining, not very happy. And it's funny how um, new members you're almost like a counsellor to them. You sit down, you have the conversation with them. They tell you where they're at in their life, going through a divorce, separation, um, their children are ill. And then six, you put them with a, a personal trainer. Six weeks later, they're coming in and the smile is like planted on their face. You cannot get it, get it off. Their, their relationships are improving, but it's ultimately because of how they feel about themselves. So yeah. that's what I'm for. That's what I'm for. Well, and you probably get to see a lot of that, right? I do. I love it. And I, that's, what I, that's what I love. That's what I thrive off, that we are actually making a difference. Yeah. Uh, there's so much stress in the world. There's so much hate. There's so much. And I love the gym. You can go there. You can switch off. You can talk to people if you want. You can put your headphones on and not talk to anyone. But when you walk out of that gym, you actually feel better. You feel yeah. better about yourself. You feel like you can handle life better. And that's that that's what works for me and I know it works for people I love and care about as well. Yeah. Um, what do you, what do you think is like your biggest, um, member success story? Like what moves you the most? I've actually got a few, but I'll, I'll focus on, um, one gentleman. Um, he is not your typical gym goer. He is smokes, drinks <laughs> he's into he's into uh, racing motorbikes uh not not your typical um yeah gym, gym person if 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 you can generalize people like that but um he has dealt with mental health issues a lot in his life mm-hmm. uh, i think he's broken like something like 56 bones in his body he's got like plates he, you can't go through detectors at the airports. He's just, mm. he's just out of this world. And uh, he's struggled a lot with depression. Mm-hmm. And he started with us probably two years ago. Um, and last year we did a challenge for Suicide Prevention Australia uh, as a 24-hour treadmill challenge. And mm. through him and his contacts, uh, he raised over $9,000 um, for our Suicide Prevention Challenge. And I saw how proud he was of himself and I can't ever say I, I I actually don't think he's ever been proud of himself like it was he just took it by the horns and he ran with it he posted all over social media he got so much support and I actually seen how much he loved helping other people so it didn't even, it wasn't even about him it was the fact that he could help other people that he knew were, were in his situation and mental state mm-hmm. and I think that is so 
important as well. Sometimes you helping other people, you get more out of that than actually helping yourself. Yeah. And that that is probably one of the proudest moments I've had. <laughs> Being in the gym is um, seeing him just, he just thr- th- thrived thrived with that role. I, I made him the poster boy and um, he, he took it and he, he ran with it and he just did amazing, amazing. He had so much support. So that, that was really important to me. Yeah. But that's a big win. Yeah. Yeah. Really big win. And um, he still comes to the gym now. Um, he knows when he's going down that little hole again, which, you know, that's life. You are going to go down that hole again. It's not all going to be plain sailing and rainbows. Mm-hmm. Um, he knows that he's got to get back in the gym. And as soon as he gets back in the gym, everything starts to change again. So especially with mental health with men, men, men don't seem to talk about mental health that much. And um, in Western Australia, we have a large FIFO population. So FIFO is fly in, fly out. So there's a lot of minors. They're mm. away from their families. They're very disconnected. We have a lot of FIFO members um, at both of our gyms and mm. it's, men- it's mental health. It's, it's all about mental health. And I love the fact that the, the guys can come in, they can let out their frustrations um, improve their mindset and, and go home to their families. So that's a big pretty, thing for me. Pretty powerful. Yeah. Yeah, it, it is. It's a, it's, um, I can't remember the statistics now, but especially in Western Australia with, with all the mining it, suicide, um, and depression and is it, just huge over here. It's actually scary. It's actually scary. So, um, the way we're living, the way people are working is not is not sustainable. So basically the gym is a safe place for them to come and um, sort of reset, reset. Yeah, yeah, that's great. Um, okay, so that's what you're for in fitness. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, what, what are you against in the business of fitness? <laughs> I'm against... Um, uh, I, I was going to say ego, but I think sometimes you've got to have a bit of ego and ego is okay. Mm-hmm. Um, what, what I'm against is the counting the calories. What I'm against is the aesthetics. Um, what I'm against is not advocating health, advocating dropping kilos, advocating um, the way you look, advocating how good you look on Instagram, I, I, I don't, I'm not for that. I, I don't, I think that's a very, very um, small amount of people that aspire to that. And to be completely honest, I've been around a lot of bodybuilders. I've been a lot of, around a lot of uh, people that have won competitions and their mental health and their self-worth is probably the lowest, lowest I've met. And I, 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 I'm not saying everyone's like that, by the way, I know everyone's not, but just what I've um, come across in my seven years and owning a gym um it's pushing health that's what i'm pushing health and wellness Hmm. it's not it's not about losing 10 kilos if you know i don't care if you're 60 70 80 or 90 kilos if you are healthy and you are mentally healthy that is what i care about Hmm. yeah yeah i mean well as someone who's been into bodybuilding it's like it's this weird thing where you're, you're trying to, and again, generalizing, like you're developing your body to supplement something in your life that you are not happy with. That's and correct. Not just bodybuilding. It's 
a lot of like extreme versions, like ultra marathon, whatever. I'm not, again, I'm yeah. not generalizing or I am generalizing, yeah. but yeah. it seems like there's a void that's being filled with exercise and it's better than a lot of other things you can fill it with. But absolutely, it's, it is like, to your point, that's not the healthiest thing in the world. <laughs> no. And I, what, what I try and, um, live by as well is what I find is people that are joining the gym and people that are sitting at home thinking about joining the gym or not even joining the gym, just getting fit and healthy. That is not the end goal. So I think people, people think they've got to be like that. And, and that's what I want to get rid of. I want to get rid of that, um, that ideal where that's what you have to look like to be healthy. That's what you have to look like to be happy because it's not true. (laughs) It's just not true. Um, so that's sort of what I try and push in my gyms. We do have bodybuilders. We do have, and and which is amazing. I don't know how people can do that. Which, but I just think the general pop population that aren't training at the moment. What I want to get across to them is that is not the end goal. That is not what you have to be to be happy and healthy. Yeah. So I suppose it's just differentiating that. Um, and it is. It's it can, it can be a bit of an obsession. And um, yeah. It's it's about maintaining a healthy healthy body and mind. Yeah, ultimately. All right. Well, those are the tough questions. Now I'll give you two easy ones. Um, okay. What's a book that you've read recently that had a big impact on you? Mm. Good one. Well, I'm actually reading the Emis at the moment. <laughs> Beg your pardon. I said I've got that on my bookshelf right behind you. You do. And I'm going to be completely honest. I, I'm not a reader. I'm an audio person. So I, I, um, just listened to Tribe of Mentors by Tim Ferriss. I, um, (laughs) it is, I, do you know how much I love this man? I love him. I listen to him all the time. I listen to Sam Harris, waking up with Sam Harris. Uh Um, so I, I love my podcasts. Um, if I read, I just fall asleep. I don't know what's, there's something wrong with me. I, it just makes, it just sends me to sleep. So um, I would have to say um, I listen to a bit of Gary Vee as well and I always listen to the Tim Ferriss show. So, awesome. Yeah. Those yeah. are good ones. So, yeah. Um, <laughs> and I'll be listening to you now too. I'm going to put you on my podcast list. Oh, awesome. I'm sure, yeah. you'll, I'm sure hopefully you'll get some, some good ideas. I have, I have some pretty big names coming up. <laughs> oh, awesome. Yeah. I can't wait. Okay. Um, Last question, and then we'll then we'll split. Um, yep. What do you want your legacy on the industry to be, Haley? My legacy on the industry—that is a good one. Um, my legacy on the industry. What I want is, uh, in, basically, I want people to improve their mindset. Um, I want people to be conscious of the decisions they make. Um, I want people to think about um, the effects that they have on themselves and their family, their habits. It's it's more conscious living, not not um, just fumbling your way through the day, putting anything in your mouth, doing. It. Yeah, it's really about living consciously, uh, making healthy choices, um, and daily. I suppose <laughs> that's a hard question. Yeah, yeah, my next one might be harder. Um, but what makes that important to you? Usually people have something that they connect in their lives to the way that they want to be remembered. 
I suppose, um, well, well I, draw, I draw what it, living like that, what it has done for me. Mm. Um, so I, yeah, probably didn't have the best um, upbringing. I, I shouldn't say upbringing. I have amazing parents, um, but you face a lot of adversity as a young as a young person, and went through a lot of mental health issues as growing up um, as a teenager. And I could have easily, easily, easily gone down the wrong path. Mm. Um, so I think it's I think it's about people making choices, and you, you don't actually realise until you look back on it, oh, my God, if I had a chosen A instead of B, I could be down that path with that person. Mm-hmm. Or uh, So it's basically really thinking about decisions in your life that you don't even, um, yeah, you don't really think are that important at that time. But when you look back in retrospect, you, you really realise that, wow, yeah, I really made some good choices and probably not so good choices um and and learning from that and trying to implement that and trying to teach my children that as well yeah yeah how old are your kids 11 and 9 oh cute yes yeah cute um, sometimes yeah <laughs> I pretty much have to say, oh, cute, no matter what you say there <laughs> yeah <laughs> three and five ugh. <laughs> are you sleeping that's the main thing is sleep. <laughs> um, awesome. So, Haley, how can people find you? Uh, people can find me on LinkedIn. They can find me on Facebook and they can find me on Instagram as well. So, um, I've, I've just, I used to do Instagram um, a few years ago. I've just actually got back onto it like this week. Um, but ma- mainly LinkedIn. Um, yeah, under my name, Haley Edwards. And you have a funky spelling a little bit, right? Do you reckon that's funky spelling? Um, it's spelled <laughs> often in the, it's either H-A-I-L-E-Y or H-A-L-E-Y, usually in the U.S. Ah, yeah. So, yeah, that is true. So, um, I think I'm named after Hayley Mills, the actress, and she spelled her name the same way as me, I'm pretty sure. So, my mum named me after her. So, that's why it's spelled like that. <laughs> H a y l e y, just for that's the- correct. Edwards, yeah. exactly <laughs> like it sounds. Um, yeah. All right, Haley. Well, thank you so much for coming on. I really appreciate it. I mean, I I reached out to you totally cold, and you uh, decided to come on. So I, I really appreciate your time and um, the willingness to come on with someone you've never met. I've really enjoyed talking to you. Same. Thanks so much, Alex. It's been a really good conversation. Of course, I'll. Uh, I will talk to you soon. Sweet. All right. Thank you very much. Bye, Haley.